Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for spending your Friday night with us here on Tech 5 Radio. I do believe it is time well spent because we're going to take you on a little tour of all the cool stuff happening here in Pittsburgh's technology sector. been doing this show for over 10 years now, and there's always new, great, fun stories to tell. And uh, usually every Friday night, my co-host and boss, Audrey Russo, is hanging out with me, but she's not able to join us tonight. But we have with us Ryan Gent. He leads up our membership department here at the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And Ryan, I'm so glad you're able to take a couple of minutes and hang out with us tonight to get the show put into first gear. If you know well, thanks I mean. for having me. Yeah, Appreciate man. It. So, I don't know, you've been at the Tech Council for like three and a half years now. That is correct. Really glad to have you on our team because I think you do a great job really interfacing with all the tech companies that are out there, the entrepreneurs that are out there. I mean, I don't think there's a night that you're not at an event. Uh, there are very few. I have one. someone yeah. for coffee, do, grabbing a beer with somebody. I mean, I think you're, you're like 24-7, man, when it comes to this. But that's fun for me. I like to uh, hear about hear. what's going on, yeah. just know who, who's who, what they're doing, you know, what kind of things they're, they're working on to, to help make Pittsburgh an even more interesting place. For sure, for sure. And so as, I, as you're out there meeting with the companies, you're, you're seeing a lot of trends out there. You're seeing what the pain points are around a lot of these companies. I know one of them has always been the ability for some of the smaller companies, even the large ones these days, honestly, but to connect to customers. Right. In particular, we've got a lot of great kind of big corporate customers based here in Pittsburgh. And that's one of the things that we try to do often is try to match people up. And we're actually trying to add to that capacity through our, our 40 by 80 uh, nonprofit arm that we had spun off a little bit ago. So what are you seeing out there in, in that regard, Ryan? Well, yeah, what I hear a lot from the startup companies is they want a better way to get in front of the local companies um, in those early stages, You know, whether it's it might just be a beta program or they might just be looking for the first few customers. And you know that does happen from time to time. And I do believe the corporate world here is supportive of the uh, the entrepreneurial community. You see so many starting up their own kind of incubator type oh, things. You know, we see sure. that almost every week. We see one of our larger companies do that. But I think you know if we could establish some sort of buy local type program for our tech companies, where we at least get them to the table. You know, if they're meeting with you know companies about a cybersecurity software, let's let's make that one of the local companies in that meeting as well. Let's get people involved yeah. uh, because. It's good for everybody when that happens because you know one of the weaknesses I hear said to us from people outside the region uh, about our our business scene in general is that we have a good startup scene and we have those established companies, but we don't have a lot of those middle ground ones. You know gotcha. the ones that started up 10, 15 years ago and are still going strong. And I think you know by having that buy local type mentality, we can we can grow a lot more of our startups. I agree. One thing I've I've met with a number of startups and tech companies and even super established companies, how many say they don't really sell that much in Pittsburgh. They sell around a the lot world of them. and they want to do more business in Pittsburgh. So I think your idea of putting together something that would be some sort of a clearing ground or, or a way to make people aware that before you go looking around the world for a cybersecurity solution, we've got some great companies here in the Pittsburgh area that could offer that solution. And not only will it be a 
world-class solution, but it's also helping the local ecosystem because you're keeping your dollars kind of here to kind of be reinforced and, and boosted. Definitely. And I, I don't think it, you know it's necessarily intentional. I think it's, it's something we could be better about working with both sides and getting the awareness out there because I think sometimes right. people don't realize what's going on in the backyard and you know a lot of the entrepreneurs don't have those connections, which is what we help them with you right. know, to get in front of those decision makers here at Pittsburgh. I, I, I think this is a great idea. How we move this thing forward, we got to keep working at it and keep plugging away. Well, I think 40 by 80 will play a big part in that. And that's what it's all about. So very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Now, talent. We Last, last week, we talked a little bit about talent. And it seems like it's this universal problem. There's not enough people in the areas that need the talent or that have enough talent to have the right skills these days. Uh, let's talk a little, a little bit more about that. When you, what you see going on, I mean, I mentioned before last week, so you're talking about companies that are actually turning business away or can't execute on contracts because they don't have the talent. Right. That's scary to me. It is scary. Um, and, you know, we, I know a lot of people are, are worried about getting an influx of people, especially when the A word comes up about possibly picking HQ2 here. <laughs> the A word. Uh, yeah. Like, what's the A word? A- oh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. So yes. a lot, I know a lot of people get nervous about that, but, you know, there are so many studies that show these high, highly skilled technical positions that they would be hiring for and other companies hire for. Right. Um, I think it's a, a three to four fold increase in other jobs added to right. the economy. Oh, you know, absolutely. Whether it's at, you know, because you're bringing in uh, high wages and they are going to drive up services. They're going to spend money. Exactly. They, they need to buy good coffee. They need to, you know, buy clothes. They right. need to, yeah. And so the overall impact is, is good for everybody. Uh, so I think that, you know, ultimately we've been very excited by the growth that's been happening and I think, you know, we want it to keep happening at this rapid pace and I think it will, but we may need to be a little more patient with getting the people here. To I think patience is the big thing. It's now, 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 now. It is. But it's a long-term game as far as that goes. But we've seen so much really that has progressed. I remember back when, when Google first opened up here about 10 years ago, and everyone was like, oh, they're going to steal all the talent. And But no, they they now have, what, seven, 800 people or so working here. Um, don't quote me exactly on that number. But guess what? People are moving in. Things are correcting, and, and, and other companies are still finding their talent despite right. a bigger company that comes in. Now, and, yeah, yeah. And people, I think, don't uh, pay enough attention to the stuff they do out in the community. I, I know you know Mike Capsabellis from Google, and he is exactly. In, uh, you know, I'm at a lot of places, a lot of events. I see him pretty much at every one. Gotcha. He's very involved in the social good side, and Google's doing a lot of that stuff. I, they're, they're trying to make more outreach to, to become more integrated into the technology industry here and to be more helpful to startups and, Definitely. and to provide services and things like that. So it's great to see that. And yeah. I think everyone's got to have a little bit of patience because things always kind of work their way out to a certain degree. They will. I think we're on the right trajectory. Absolutely. So we've got some great events coming up. It's the, it's summertime. I don't know where summer has gone, Ryan. It's gone by way too quickly. But It has. We're knocking on August's door, which means a couple things. The golf outing is happening. It, it is. Are you going to golf? No, I do yeah, not golf. I, I don't golf either. We're both tall. I feel like we should be good golfers. We should be, that, but, people yeah. tell me I, I'm, I should be a good golfer because oh. I'm tall. But I had people tell me that yeah. I'd be so much further along in my career if I golfed. I'm like, wow, that's kind of an insult. But hey, I maybe believe you because I guess a lot of business happens on a golf course, but I wouldn't know because I don't hang out on golf courses. But our golf outing, the IT, the, the Pittsburgh Technology Council golf outing is it's massive. A great event. It's yeah. a great way to connect with the leading tech folks, the CIOs, the CTOs of the industry. They're all golfing. So if you go to pghtech.org, reserve your foursome. They might be close to sold out. It goes by quickly, but check and see. And uh, if not, call them. Maybe we can squeak one in for you. I don't know, but it's yeah. a big deal. It gets it, bigger and bigger every year. It's definitely getting close to selling out. And I mean, to have the ability to 
golf for 18 holes with a CIO is, is pretty valuable. A captive audience, yeah. and they're having a good time if they're playing well. So Definitely. let them play well. <laughs> let them beat you. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm really excited about Farnham Jahanian, the new president of Carnegie Mellon University, addressing our membership at a breakfast briefing. That's happening on August the 21st. That's going to be another sold-out event, I think. I think, I think everyone's very curious about that, but there's still tickets available for that. I mean, Farnham is such a cool dude. Yeah. That's all I can say. I'm so excited about his leadership at Carnegie Mellon and the way he's seeing the changes in the fast pace that higher education is going to be playing in providing these jobs that we've been talking about, providing the right workers at the right time, and, and how this accelerated pace, no one can, can keep up with it. They're trying to find ways to solve those problems. And Definitely. He's going to be talking about that. There's a lot going on there now. I haven't been in the new Tepper building yet, but I've heard it's beautiful. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, it just shows you the investment that they're making in the region. So Ryan Gent... Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it, man. I love getting your perspective. Like I said, you're on the scene out there. You are your sleeves are rolled up every day when it comes to working with with these tech companies. And we appreciate your hard work. It's really making the tech council successful as far as that is. So we're taking a quick break. We'll come back with more Tech Vibe Radio. We have FedEx Ground. They're hiring a bunch of people. They have a cool job fair we'll be talking about. And of course, we have Critical Syntax and we have Care Goji, really revolutionizing the way you can connect uh, seniors to um, home care as far as that is. So once again, this is Jonathan Kirsting. I'm from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and then fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. I am so glad you are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio tonight. Every Friday night, I get such a kick. I bring you the best and the brightest in Pittsburgh's technology and entrepreneurial community. They're really one and the same. We have some of the brightest men and women building some of the coolest companies, and we love profiling them here every Friday night, and for the more than 20 years I've been at the Tech Council and the more than 10 years we've been doing Tech Vibe Radio, I've come across so many of the really just great entrepreneurs out there building companies, and tonight is no different. We have a company called Critical Syntax with us tonight. They're a cybersecurity company, and they are keeping us safe out there because as we all know, whether you're running a business, whether you're at home just surfing the web, it's a scary place out there, but we've got some great people that are keeping us on the level and safe, and um got Ralph Pulaski here from Critical Syntax. And Ralph, you actually introduced me to this company because you just started working for these guys a little bit ago. So, Ralph, it's good to have you back on the show with us. Great to be here, Jonathan. And, of course, we have Mark Bursick here. He's the man behind Critical Syntax. So, Mark, thanks for hanging out with us in the studio tonight. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, first off, give us the quick elevator pitch about Critical Syntax. And I want to talk a little bit about your background in cybersecurity because you have a really cool background that led to the founding of Critical Syntax. Because I think every company's got a great founding story. Yeah. And I can't wait to learn more about yours. Well, I appreciate that. Well, Critical Syntax is devoted to protecting online web assets, particularly WordPress websites. Yes. Well, WordPress com- comprises about almost 30% of the market now. Is it that much? It's, it's climbing, too. Yeah. It, it's such a great platform to build on because it's easy, it's simple, yeah. but at the same time, it, there are vulnerabilities within it. Right. Well, it's open source, so it's being developed by a team of people uh, all over the planet, um, and there's vulnerabilities in it. Uh, it's been that way since the beginning. Uh, because it's such a large installed base, it becomes a bigger target. So now, as it's creeping into being 25 26 30% of the entire internet, um, hackers and becomes an easy target, yeah. right? Yeah, they want to get in. Uh, and they're looking for data, whether it be financial data or even just customer data, or they're looking to gain control of the website and put some malware in there or some other things that they can do. Exactly. And WordPress is an easy target, so uh, they run scripts, they search for WordPress websites that are vulnerable, 
Uh, they have a little vulnerability scanners. And when they find one, then they, they just start attacking. Yeah. So I have a story I can tell you. I was subjected to this. Many years ago, we built one of our TechBurger blogs on WordPress box. This was right a couple years after WordPress just came out. And as we built the site, there was some weird code in a plugin. Because back then, you could put any plugin in. You found it. Hey, this is a plugin to put my Twitter feed into. Put that in. Right. And then I'm running a Mac, so I go to the site, don't see anything wrong with it ever. And then I get a call from one of our members saying, hey, I was just clicked on a link, and uh, it told me to click on this thing, and I did, and I lost control of my laptop. And then I realized, wait a second, we have this, I believe it was called the end of world virus at the time that somehow found its way onto our site. And I was like, it actually destroyed our site. We had to pay more money to get the, to get the code taken out than it cost to actually to develop the site wow. and clean it. And it, it ruined our, our Google uh, analytics on the site because we were listed as being like 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 a, a bad site. Because we, I think we went like two or three weeks not knowing that there was this vulnerability on our site. So I know firsthand the importance of having a WordPress yeah. site that's locked down and is safe. And that's why I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that. Because I know so many of our, our members and our, our listeners out there probably have WordPress sites. Yeah, yeah. And and it's great for marketing. It's It's fantastic because it connects real well to Google. It gets great SEO. It's easy to update. And it's really easy to develop, you know. And so a lot of people out there who don't have any programming experience are building websites and they don't have any security background. Um, they might not even have any design background, right. but they are, <laughs> but they're building websites. As witnessed by many ugly WordPress. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so when we discovered, we started discovering hacks in my old company. My old company was a political technology. Right. And this is why I think it's so interesting. You had this really cool company. Tell us about right. that. When we started doing work uh, in politics in the early 2000s, um, uh, I was working in an advertising agency and decided to break off onto my own. Gotcha. And uh, for my own company. And uh, we were starting to do websites for political campaigns and online databases. And it grew and grew and grew and grew. And by the time 2010, 2012 roll around, we were kind of the big dogs in the political business. And uh, we were starting to see major amounts of hacking. We were starting to see China and Russia Everywhere, starting to right? ramp it up. Yeah, totally. We had our own servers so we could control things better than, than other people. Over time, over I want to say between like maybe 2013 to 2015, we started getting calls, can you fix my website? It's hacked. And we started to see an opportunity there. And not just in the political world. We were everywhere, because all yeah. these WordPress sites, right? Right. I think Ralph has his own WordPress site. Right. And yeah. it's, it, I, I secured it. He's he a, did. He's like RalphLasky.com. Yeah, he's okay. He's one of my guys. Um, but so we started to see this, and not just with even high profiles. We started to see it with nobodies, you know, uh, campaigns that were ridiculous. Just really low-level stuff. Small. Like, yeah political committees like in the like at Warren County political committee was getting bombarded with hacking. It didn't matter how big the site was. Okay. Because to for the hackers they didn't care. They, they weren't looking to get, you know, financial data. They were looking to gain control. They were looking to get legitimized by running code off a legitimate website. So they don't care. The smaller the better. The easier of a target the better. Exactly. And we realized that there was a market out there for doing this kind of security work. And the the piece that's the piece of this that's that uh, a lot of people don't get is they feel that they're covered because their their uh, IT company is covering them or their managed service no, provider. You're not, as oh. I had learned, they do not because once no. that's built, they're hosting it for you. But that doesn't mean they're defending or they have no. any 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 hand in the code that has built that particular right. site. 
Right. So, Mark, tell us. Remind our listeners, we're talking to Mark Bursick. He is he runs Critical Syntax. We got Ralph Pulaski here as well, hanging out with us. Um, what are some maybe some top strategies? So, I'm building a WordPress okay. on my own. What are maybe the two or three key things I should be thinking about just foundationally, just to ensure that I got a good base for my site to keep it kind of safe? If you're in the process of developing the site, let's talk about ones that are in development. Right. There's a lot of things you can do in development that will make security easier for you in the long run. Obviously, passwords. Everyone talks about passwords. Hard to guess password. But password is only half the equation. Okay. Password is half of your credentials. What's the other half of your credentials? Your username. WordPress out of the box wants your username to be admin. Exactly. Then, so people know they can start with admin and run a script that will yep. keep doing different admins in combination with, well, with very easy passwords and right. boom, they get in, right? Right. Now they have I could be a hacker. I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> right. They have half your credentials. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so one of the first things you can do is just not use admin. Use something else. Um, that as sounds easy enough. I'm going to change mine because right. I think mine still has admin in there somewhere. <laughs> right. So you change the credentials, not only harden your password, but harden your username. Gotcha. That's one thing that you okay. can do. Uh, another thing that you can do with your site is to hide the biggest attack vector that you have. Okay. And the ha- biggest attack vector that you have is a login screen. Login screen. Uh, and WordPress has a unified login screen. Yeah, it's always in WP the admin, right? Right. Yeah. So you hit slash WP admin and all of a sudden you, you get access. There are plugins out there that will allow you to move. Wait, I'm writing this there. one down. As I yeah. got my pencil here. I'm yep. sharpening it up. And so hide the login screen. Yep. Yeah, and, and I got to do that. Now, it's not a great security method because you know, you know, just moving something isn't the best security method. But we're talking about thwarting scripts, not in very intelligent human being hackers. Right. Okay. So if you can get through the first line of defense where you're not flagged as a WordPress site at all, then you're going to get bounced immediately. Right. So if they hit that and they get a 404 error. They're like, not they're, legit on uh, the next site. There's, there's 10,000 more sites on my list today. I'll go to the next yeah, one as far as Maybe it's is. not WordPress. Right. Maybe it's Drupal. Maybe it's an, a you know, .NET site. Absolutely. So they move on. Gotcha. So those are some simple things. I, those are great stuff. We've got about a minute left. Real fast, I have to ask Ralph, why were you so excited to work for Critical Syntax? It seems like a really great company. It, it, it's a hopefully a simple solution for a very complex problem that people aren't thinking about right now. Exactly. Exactly what Mark said, the idea that, you think you're covered on your IT side. Your marketing team is mostly handling your website. Exactly. So it's important to get that review of, of what your problem is. And that's what we offer. I love it. I tell you what, go to criticalsyntax.com, learn all about it. Really great guys, very approachable. No matter what size company or big or small, give them a call if you're concerned. They can definitely talk with you yep. and, and take it from there. We can give you a free vulnerability scan. Even better yet. Very, very cool. It goes by too fast. I could talk so much more about this stuff. (laughs) Anyhow, guys, thanks for stopping by. Once again, Ralph Pulaski and Mark Bursick from Critical Syntax. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. We've been helping tech companies succeed since 1983. Yes, 35 years. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. I tell you what, you made a wise decision keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio because, as you know, if you've been listening, we talk to the greatest, coolest companies here in Pittsburgh. And uh, we've been doing this show for over a decade. And actually, I was just, before we came on air, saying we've done more than 1,500 or so interviews of tech companies here in the Pittsburgh region. And it's the tech companies that are making Pittsburgh shine, as far as I'm concerned. And what I really love is talking about some of the new companies that are popping up, because they're solving really tough problems. Problems that, like, they're inspired by something. And they're like, wait a second, there's a solution for this. And that's where some of the greatest companies come from.
And that is exactly the case with Caregoji. Really cool company that we're going to learn about here on Tech Vibe Radio. And they're really just setting the world on fire, starting to set the world on fire when it comes to connecting home health aides with seniors who need care at home. As we all know, it's, none of us are getting any younger out there. And many of our parents and grandparents, they need help. And who do you, how do you connect to that help? Karagoji's trying to do that. So we're going to learn all about that. I got three people here. So I'm going to start with some introductions. Or David, we're going to start with you and what you're all about. We'll work our way down the line. And we're going to start talking about the company, how it works, what was the inspiration behind it. And before you know it, we'll be out of here. Simple as that. So David, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. David Dietrich. Thanks for having me. What do, you do? what do you do at Karagoji? Well, uh, at Karagoji, I'm uh, one of the co-founders and okay. investors in uh, the, uh, the business model. And uh, so uh, a lot of the day-to-day operations that uh, I'm involved with are on the financial side and also on the marketing side. Gotcha. Coming on down the line, so Rachel. Um, yeah, so for Karagoji, I'm the site manager. So I do everything from onboarding all of our new clients, making sure they understand how the site works, that gotcha. they get... Uh, connected with the caregivers that they need. Um, additionally, I do all the marketing, social media, videos, things like that. All the fun stuff. That's right. I'd like to hang out with you doing that stuff. That'd yeah. be a good old time. Very, very cool. So I hope you take this clip. We're going to send you a clip of the show. I hope you put it on your site somewhere. You know I will. Absolutely, man. That's what I want to hear. Last but not least. Hi, I'm Mary Jo Dietrich. I'm the founder of Caregoji. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to be here. So as the founder of Caregoji, real fast, I mean, what was your inspiration behind this? I know you had a care business and you were kind of seeing a need in the marketplace. Can you that's, tell us about that? That's right. So um, after being a registered nurse for 18 years, I'm going on 18 years of being a registered 18 nurse. 18 years. God bless you. That's fantastic. Wow. That's some serious care you've given yeah. over the years. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen over uh, 900 families in my first company and really, truly saw the need to um, give families a do-it-yourself approach and right. take all the experience we learned from the first company and let families pick and choose their own caregivers. Exactly. So you're building this platform to do that. So, David, what got you saying, I'm going to help out with this? I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that we get this thing off the ground. What was, what was the got you inspired to well, say, I, I'm chipping into? Sure, sure. Uh, the one thing that uh, Mary Jo is a, kind of a visionary here, uh, she uh, inspired uh, us to uh, come along and on board because of uh, what she saw in the marketplace, and that's going one-on-one with the families in their home. Right. And what the issues that they were dealing with. And also, you know, our, our business model uh, in the agency world uh, for our first business has become very expensive for uh, some families. Right, And right, right, right. Uh, if that family member uh, that needs care is getting up there uh, with care as far as 8, 9, 10, 12 hours a day, uh, you know, the market rates are between 22 and $30 an hour wow. for uh, a home health aide to come into that your is, home that can per hour. Very expensive and, I guess, unaffordable where you can't do that. That's and correct. so what do you do? So you're bringing a platform in that can bring that price down, and I bet you drive the quality of care up all at the same time because it provides a landscape where people are competing for the business, right? That's correct. Oh, my God. I feel like I did my research on you this. You did. I love it. <laughs> and so how long ago did you guys actually start spinning this thing up? When was the, uh, like, we're, we're doing this? Um, well, the concept has been ab- around for five years in my brain. Okay. Um, the actual to-do came about two years ago. Okay. Uh, when Rachel was introduced to me. Uh-huh. And um, how Rachel. Was, how was Rachel introduced to you? Rachel was a Robert Morris grad. Uh-huh. And she was an intern in our first company and saw uh-huh. the vision and was able to take my concept and um, describe that to our developers. Very cool. So Rachel, 
pressure's on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You made them do it. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, what was it that you saw that you're like, no, we've got, we've got to do something about this. This, this should become a company. And I'm going to help you market this and get it out to the world. Absolutely. Um, so whenever I first joined them, um, my family was going through some personal things at the time. When gotcha. My grandmother was going through um, needing care for her dementia, and she passed away right before I wow. think I joined on with them. And then my grandfather simultaneously was battling with Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. Jeez. So, and he, he passed away about so you know firsthand ago. the importance of getting care and everything that's, like that, right? That's right. So I, I saw my family struggle with that, struggle to find care. Um, I saw in the business the same reflected the same struggles that my family were going through. So I also saw Mary Jo make a connection with families that I wasn't seeing being made uh, in a lot of other places. She was helping families in a way that... Um, I believed, and through her vision, believed that this could be something scalable. This is something unique um, that needs to be connected with other families. Gotcha. So uh, explain to our listeners how the platform works. So if we're out there right now, how do I access this platform and start surfing around? Like, wait, is this an app on my phone? Is this a website? How do I access this platform and seeing who is out there to provide the services that one of my uh, elders would possibly need? Uh, Yeah, so you would go online. you would fill out our, our our site is algorithm based. Yeah. So if you're seeking care, you would go on, you type in your zip code, it'll show you how many caregivers in your area. Okay. If you're anywhere in the Pittsburgh area. And this is if you go to caregoji.com? That's right. If you okay. go to caregoji.com. Absolutely. Right. So you're on there, you type in your zip code, you start populating, mm-hmm. you start answering questions and about the types of services you need and it starts kind of honing in. That's right. Um and it will match you, give you a match percentage based on the caregivers that are in your area. And we have in the Pittsburgh area, in most zip codes, 500 or over Wow. Um, caregivers in each zip code. Okay. So. so you've got two things you're trying to build at the same time. You need people to come and get the service and people to provide the service. That's right. So you're burning the candle at both ends here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, David, how do you get around that? What's, what's, what's well, the plan that, on that's that? That's correct, uh, Jonathan. It's a two-sided market. So we needed to, uh, you know, the uh, kind of the uh, apple before the cart, uh, so right. to speak, where we had to go out and, you know, put a supply in there. like simultaneously so, building both sides of the equation yes. here. <laughs> so we went out and uh, actually built our platform to launch our caregiver model. Okay. Uh, and to get a supply of caregivers in the system. Right. Uh, the home health aides, that is. And then once we got to a critical mass, which we thought two or 300 might be a good start, uh, hence we've had over 3,000 caregivers come th- into So 10, 10x what you thought you were going to get. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so... So that starts validating in your mind that something is, is right here. That you're directionally you're going in the right model. direction that you're getting 3,000 people that want to be part of this. Yes. Okay. And uh, so, you know, at this point we're looking uh, to make sure they're quality so we vet them down uh, right. to make sure they're the right caregivers in our system. I was going to say, that's a whole other line of questioning I can ask you, like how you actually get the right people at that sure. point. But keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, at that point, once we uh, figured out that uh, we knew what we were doing on that end, we launched the uh, model for going out for uh, the care uh, seeker. Right. And that's the person that's looking for uh, their loved one. Exactly. And so we've launched that. And so we're out there doing, uh, you know, different types of marketing uh, into care facilities, uh, which are hospitals, rehabs, doctor's offices. Right. All the places um, where you're going to find that, that demographic. That's correct. That, uh, you know, someone's going home. And they can't go home alone. Exactly. And so they need some extra help. And this is all within southwestern Pennsylvania, Allegheny County right now? Primarily, uh, our market uh, model is for the western PA Western market. PA? Okay, great. Uh, but we do have caregivers outside of our market. Right. It kind of went quasi Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. Yes. Right. So people are like, hey, okay. 
So obviously this is something that you can start building out that literally could be used anywhere in the world. It's a matter of making sure that there are patients and there are people in need of help and people that can provide the help all in that proximity, right? That's correct. And uh, so another Pittsburgh first. So yeah. we, uh, we launch it here and I love that's it, where man. we're going uh, nationwide. I just love it because you're solving such an important problem and it, it impacts the quality of life on so many different levels. And it's something that came from your own inspiration and from your own problems and seeing this needing, you know, a solution and saying, no, we're going to actually use some technology and a platform to connect. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. So how have you been able to scale this so far? I think we've worked with, with Innovation Works so far. Is that correct? Uh, we did, uh, you know, uh, apply okay. uh, through Innovation Works and into Alpha Lab. Into okay. their uh, uh, model for a software company. Gotcha. And out of 180 companies, they selected seven uh, during this cohort. Uh, and we were one of the lucky seven. That's to what get I'm in. talking about. And, Excellent. Uh, so that That's why I love that exciting. program so much because they really allow you that space to start developing it. You can... You know, stretch out, meet other people, get some skills, the connections that they make, and then you come out a much stronger company that at is the correct. end. And we've well, met a lot of great people along the way. Plus, what I love about it is now there's companies like yours where you have the customers and already have customers and people using. Way back in the early days, 10 years ago when this thing first started, it was just idea. I'm going to try to bake it from there. But now we're really seeing companies like yours that really have the market there. They, they're already showing traction, and you guys are doing that. So what are the next moves for, for CareGoji? How are you going to continue to grow in Pittsburgh and beyond? Mary Jo, come on, you can tell us. <laughs> yeah, so Caragoji, um, we're very excited to be the disruptor in the community and um, to market out. We do know that uh, almost people find it too good to be true. So right. because we're so so uh, different to the I market. Bet you're, I bet you're collecting good testimonials right now. Yes, huh? we are. <laughs> so uh, the, the folks that we do have on the, on the site have found excellent caregivers and have had cost savings that are amazing and probably finding really good care where they're knowing that their their loved ones are being taken care of properly with good people and they're selecting the care so yeah. as opposed to the company selecting exactly. the caregiver for them you so, got more yes. more more control more control as far as that goes a little a little more work but more control but the it. idea of more control lower cost it's like oh the free market comes into place here i just i don't know it, it goes to show you when technology takes over the good things can happen as far as that goes. So, so we're really, love- truly hoping to um, connect either with insurance companies right. to actually help lower the remittance of hospital stays that and truly the having the physical body in the home as right. the caregiver to um, lower health care costs. Gotcha. So every company's got a great story as to how they name themselves. What's the story behind the name of Caregoji? Caregoji came about because we did not want to sound like an old Old senior company, so care. You weren't going to call it old senior care. No, we didn't want to be like old. Come on, gray it hairs. just rolls off the list. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because the average seventy-year-old doesn't look seventy anymore. So uh, care is obviously care. Goji means keep going. Yeah. And G is like the new grandma name. G mall, glamma, G daddy. <laughs> All comes together. So yes. caregoji.com. Mm-hmm. Check it out if you're looking to find the right care for folks in your life. It's a great place to start and support a local Pittsburgh startup as far as that goes. So, guys, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Fantastic stuff. This is why I get so pumped up to do the show. I get to hang out with the coolest men and women here in Pittsburgh's <laughs> tech sector. Just as simple as that. Anyhow, we're taking a break. We're coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. I swear, this is Jonathan Kirsting. I'm with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And I tell you what, man, it's been more than three decades. We've been helping companies like Karagoji grow and succeed. And we just love it. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech. All that kind of fun stuff. I'll be right back after this quick break. As always, here on Tech Vibe Radio, we save the best 
for last. Really excited about having these three guests with us from FedEx. I don't think people realize the logistics. We take it for granted. We all order stuff online. We go to Amazon. We go online. We buy stuff, and it magically appears two or three days later, sometimes the next day. And to get a package from, I don't know, someplace in Minnesota to Pittsburgh or someplace in Taiwan to Oklahoma, it just doesn't happen by magic. It happens by super smart men and women that are IT geniuses that make these packages arrive. The logistics behind it, I think, are crazy. And I don't think many Pittsburghers know that we are home to FedEx Ground right here in Pittsburgh. In Moon Township, there's like lots and lots of IT horsepower going on. And we're going to talk about that today. And the fact we're looking to add to that capacity. They're in a hiring mode. And there's actually a really cool Tech Connect career fair happening on August the 22nd where if you have the right skills, you need to show up and learn more about the opportunities at FedEx. So I've got a group of guys here with me, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I have, I have with us, uh, like I said, three folks here. We have uh, Jason Hartz hanging out with us tonight. We have uh, uh, Michael Fritz. And we have Vancat here. So Vancat, let's start with you. Vancat, what do you do at FedEx? Hi, Jonathan. Um, my name is Venkat, and I'm a IT uh, director uh, managing the architecture and mobility transformation team. Excellent. Um, it's it's been an exciting uh, since so, with FedEx. How long have you been at FedEx for? Uh, I started with FedEx um, in 1997. Nice. Over 20, almost 21 years now. Just like me, I started the council in 97, so you know a good thing when you got it, right? Okay. Absolutely. You hang out and have a lot of fun. It's been an exciting, <laughs> exciting stint so far. Absolutely. So, Jason, let's go on down the line. What do you do at FedEx? So, uh, I'm Jason Hartz. I am a manager in IT. I manage the uh, I manage Agile Enablement Services. Uh, Agile is something I didn't know was going on that makes total sense in your setting because you got to move quick. Right. You got to be agile. <laughs> right. Yeah. You always have to keep up with the competition. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then, Mike, what's going on, man? So, I'm manager of data analytics, business intelligence. So, what we do is try to make data available to our our business right. people. So, making sure that we can get them the information they need to make the decisions day in and day so out. So, how much so, data is being generated every day by FedEx? Oh, my goodness. Big data. <laughs> big, 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 big data, right? Yes. Absolutely. 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 So, first off. Someone tell me about the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh operations here. I mean, this is like the hub for IT development goes. Who wants to take that? I'll I'll take it. Van Cat, um, do it, man. So the 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 we have this uh, carrier fair that's coming up on the August twenty second. Yes. Uh, between five thirty and seven thirty at the FedEx ground headquarters. Exactly. Uh, located in Periopolis, thousand FedEx Drive. And if you go to pghtech.org um, and you go search for Tech Connect, you'll find all the details there. Right. Keep going. Absolutely. And and th- this gives a opportunity to our uh, to the potential candidates to meet with our some of our leadership teams and others in the company and get get a glimpse of what goes on behind the scenes uh, and all the good stuff. So uh, it's it's an exciting time for us. We are uh, in the hiring mode, right? Hiring a lot of opportunities that are being open. So uh, very exciting times. I love it. I love it. And, and so I mean, talk to me a little bit about hey the number of people there. This is a big team, and you're looking to add to it. So obviously, there's a number of different types of positions that you're going to be looking for. What are some of those? Some of the positions that we're going to be looking for are data analytics uh, people, okay, uh, data scientists, uh, you know, release train engineers. Uh, Jason's going right. to touch on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, software engineering architects are some that I would be keenly okay. interested in. Yeah, I see. The architecture. You're going to have some of the uh, smart people in Pittsburgh hanging out at your facilities here on August the 22nd. <laughs> I'm not system- going to be allowed in, okay? <laughs> some of the system architects, you know, those are some of the jobs that we're going to be looking at. Okay. Uh, 
maybe if we can dive in a little bit at each one of these each one of these sectors. Let's start with, with what's going on with Agile, Jason. Okay. So what are you looking for in the Agile department? What are you working on Agile-wise? What kind of people do you need? What can we expect? So Agile has really exploded in the industry over the last 10 years, yes. and, and especially at FedEx as well. Um, so we talked about, you know, Venkat talked about hiring release train engineers and scrum masters. So these are really leaders of agile teams hmm, you know okay. so they're they're really expected to you know lead the the agile teams or the software development teams who are responsible for delivering value to the business so they're responsible for you know coaching them through agile best practices or you know um servant leader removing impediments gotcha. and really doing whatever they have to do to help keep that team productive how big is a typical team that that one of these folks is is managing um, right around seven plus or minus two. Okay, that's a tight group then. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Yep, so you so you're working really closely with these people. Then. Yep. Okay, and they're each obviously tasked with different 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 problems that they're trying to solve and solutions mm -hmm. that they're that they're trying to create and everything like that. Right. Yeah. So you know the scrum masters and release train engineers they're really spread out throughout the company. So we 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 literally have you know we have scrum masters in Venkat's area, okay, and Mike's area, and and every other. Because oh, everyone's got ground. one working within yeah, their so areas. We, we, I see. We, uh, we're in every part of it. Very, very cool. Now, the data analytics side, I like nerding out on the data because, like, I don't know, like I said, you're producing so much data. Yeah, it's and a really. Sifting through it. So I can only imagine the different buckets that data is going into and the types of data and then how you're taking that and being able to make business decisions and provide that for better customer service, yeah. faster shipping, so forth. Data analytics is a lot around, you know, the movement of data and trying to provide a way to visualize that to make decisions. Definitely. And, right. uh, on my team, it's a lot of people trying to move those pipelines, move it from the different systems and make it, make, make information aggregated for people. Um, yeah. So I work with Jason's group and Venkat's group. Venkat's group has architects and data architects, and, and the Scrum Masters help lead our teams to so, achieve yeah. our products. So everybody's kind of intertwined here as far yeah. as that because you're not working in any silos really whatsoever. Yeah. You, you're reliant on the other teams to make everything kind of happen as far as that goes. That's the name of the game. is built. Right. Absolutely. That's embracing the agile mindset. Right. It's, it's, it's being like that. Very, very cool. Now, also, when you're, when you're creating tons and tons of data, it's making sure that it's, it's actionable data. Because, I mean, we're all producing data, but how do you actually see the insights within it and then being able to take those insights and say, hey, you know, we should be doing this, this, and this based on the feedback that we're getting and things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's, that's where the data scientists and data architects come into right. this is trying to understand how to improve operations through the information that we do have and we have a lot of great business partners that understand definitely how, how what insights are going to make them drive the business forward so it's a interesting and fun time to be part of the company definitely and then they kind of on the engineering side of things mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about some of the folks that in the skill sets that you're looking for and the types of problems they're going to be solving as you're working with these two guys over here so conceptually our business is moving packages from point a to point b right but when you amplify it... You make with, it sound so simple when you with, say that. <laughs> with multi-million packages on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. And uh, the service levels that we try to accomplish are very high, up yeah. into the 99%. Wow. Yeah. That becomes a very complex uh, logistical problem, mathematical and science problem to yeah. solve. And that's where the engineering mindset, uh, mathematical uh, mindset, you know, kind of plays uh, big, big into that solving that puzzle, basically. Absolutely. So those are the skill set that we look for, the logical problem solving, uh, the design thinking, the application thinking, you know. Those are some of the skill set that we look for other than the academics that uh, our, our workforce or potential candidates get gotcha. uh, get out of the school from. Absolutely. So just reminding our listeners, we're talking to FedEx here, and they have a really cool career for happening on August the 22nd. Go to pghtech.org, search for Tech Connect. 
and it'll be right on our site about the details so you can submit your resume. That way it can be considered to be invited to this event. You get to go on site and hear from these gentlemen right here about the different projects that you'd be working on, the skill sets that you need. I mean, this is such an exciting event because, I mean, a company like FedEx, I mean, you're, I mean, everyone talks about the Ubers of the world, which we love, and all these, all these, all these tech companies in Pittsburgh and the startups. But you have a company like FedEx. I mean, you've been around forever. You know, you're looking to, to be on the, the absolute leading edge of innovation. You talked about being in that 99%. That happens because of the work that you guys do. So I think it's an exciting place to work. And maybe people don't realize that Pittsburgh is the hub for this happening here in FedEx. You drive through Moon Township and would never know that you guys are out there hanging out doing what you guys do. And so, Venkat, you've been with the company for more than 20 years. Obviously, you have a great culture there. You're having a lot of fun because I sense any of you guys – can work anywhere you'd want to, as far as that goes. But you choose to work at FedEx. So, Venkat, what's kept you there for 20-plus So, for years? me personally, I would yeah. say, Jonathan, uh, the aspect of growing, the growth factor in the company is just enormous. Uh, I've been with the company for so long because I was able to chart the journey, you know, joining the team with a lot of possibilities that right, really right. span multiple locations. Okay. I used to work uh, with uh, FedEx at the Memphis headquarters in Tennessee. Gotcha. Moved here five years ago to ah, Pittsburgh. Cool. Excellent. Here, so. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Even it's been you. Five, I see you're a <laughs> Pittsburgher, and after five years, we're going to give you the Pittsburgh stamp. Thank you. Uh, so, I mean, the, the ability to switch between different roles and different uh, sets within the company Definitely. is encouraged. You know, it's seen as a personal growth. Uh, and, um, and we encourage our workforce to do that, embrace that, do that. So. Aspire for more career growth, and uh, you know, in terms of technology, we are way up there in the higher quadrant where we are trying to solve uh, business problems, enabling our business partners. Uh, so you get so to the work. high level of collaboration with our right. business partners. You know, you get to work with tons of dozens of very intelligent people. You got resources. That's all I can yes. say. <laughs> there is not a lack of resources right. for solving problems there, and and so 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 Mike. What keeps you there? What, what gets you fired? And actually, how long have you been so at FedEx? So I, I started FedEx in September 2017. Okay. And so you're brand uh, new to the game. Br- then. Brand new, and really, you know, there's a couple things. It's it's the opportunity for career go- growth, right? With, with a major corporation in Pittsburgh, makes sense. Um, you know, the, the other thing that that's always interesting is, uh, you know, FedEx is trying to deliver an outstanding experience to everybody. So the goal is we get big problems to solve, and they're really interesting. Problem. So I like it because uh, it's inspirational and trying Definitely. to deliver outstanding, you know, experience for our customers. Very cool. So you're looking forward to hopefully a long career there. Yes. And, and yes. Growing as the company grows and everything like that. So that's just awesome. And so Jason, without what's the best thing about working at FedEx? So they've talked about growth, and yeah, I, I've been there about six years. Okay. And I'm actually I've been a manager for about a year. Great. So I'm kind of a spokesperson. Right. For you, you, you're on that career, curve of, of yeah, moving I've, up I've, along the ranks. Yeah, I've definitely built my career within FedEx, but. I'd say our people first culture. Um, we definitely they strive for work life balance and me being a family man. It's something that's very important to me. And, I like to hear know, that, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely. You a got culture kids at home. That, you got a wife at home. Yeah, you got stuff you got to do. Exactly, it's definitely a culture that they've built there. They don't just say it; they back it up. So it's definitely a, a great place to work at. So I encourage our listeners out there: if you're looking for a career move or looking for your first career, whatever that is, and you got these types of skills, you're in the agile world, you're in the engineering world. As far as that goes. Check it out and learn more about this. If you go to pghtech.org, just search for Tech Connect there. Our page will be up there with our friends here at FedEx. August 22nd, be there. You've got to submit your resume and everything like that. They're going to search through it. They're going to invite you out there, learn firsthand what it's like being there. I'm excited for you guys. Thanks for stopping out and hanging out with us.
Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Without a doubt. Hey, Tech 5 Radio. It goes by too fast, but don't worry. Next Friday, we are back on the air with more great stories like FedEx being here in Pittsburgh, just really solving some of the tough problems from getting that packet from point A to point B. Not so simple. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is Jonathan Kirsten from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Head over to Twitter at pghtech. When you're done with that, have an awesome weekend. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.